guys, what's up? Welcome to Jesus and Java. My name is J.L. Sisson. Thank you for checking out the podcast. If you haven't hit subscribe yet, please do. Please give us a five-star rating. Please tell your friends that we're doing this. Um, Certainly is in its infancy, but we are diving deeper and deeper each week into learning how to do this correctly, I guess. So bear with me, and thank you again for stopping by. So today on Jesus and Java, we got our Jesus... Where's my Bible? There it is. We got our Java, and we finished a book last week called... Anybody remember? No? Yes? What? Maybe? Okay. It was by Kevin DeYoung. It's called Taking God at His Word, and... What we discovered in that book was, hey, God's Word is perfect. It's sufficient for everything we need today. It's unchanging. I mean, it ain't going to change. And we can depend on it, and we should depend on it, and we should long to read it. We should long to know God, and He's made Himself known. He's made Himself known in His Word. So I encourage you guys to read that book by Kevin DeYoung if you haven't read it yet. Um, Just a great resource. So this week in Jesus in Java, we're going to dive into a new book. Now this one's The Mac Daddy. Um, This is a book on systematic theology, reformed systematic theology, and it's heavy reading. You may want to, you know, chop it up into you know, one chapter a week because you're going to want to read and reread and reread and reread until you move on to the next thing to make sure that you've sort of mastered some of the things that are being said. The book's called The Wonderful Works of God. It's by an author named Bavnik, Herman Bavnik. Um, And the newest edition of it has been rewritten so that you and I can understand it. Um, But anyway, Herman Bavnik, B as in boy, A as in apple, V-I-N-C-K. Go check it out, The Wonderful Works of God. We're in chapter one this week. And what we're going to be discussing is that Bavnik talks about who God is. And in the first sentence of the book, here's what he says. God and God alone is man's highest good. So we could talk about that for an hour because we could have a a full-blown debate on what is the highest good of man? What is the highest good of man? Well, I think a lot of people would argue that Man's highest good is to take care of those who need to be taken care of. It's love. It's looking out for your neighbor. But where did that concept come from? Why, as human beings, do we have a longing to want to help someone in need? Why, as human beings, do we have this incredible longing to help somebody when an injustice has been committed against them. Why do we 
Why do we, why does justice itself keep us up at night? The fact that somebody got away with something. Why does that stuff bother a human being? Well, I think it bothers a human being because we want to do good. Now, unfortunately, we live in an age where we're being told day in and day out that the good that we do justifies us. It actually is being preached from pulpits that the good that we do justifies us before God. And that's before they've ever said a word about Jesus. And that's false teaching at its finest. No, no, no. The, the, the good that we do is because of God. We can't do anything good apart from him. Jesus says so in scripture. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Okay? So the first sentence of this book, I highlighted it because I was like, wait a minute. Man's highest good is God and God alone? That's a pretty bold statement. But as I thought about it a little bit more, I went, you know what? That makes sense. Because what is God? Well, God is the ultimate standard of good. When we say the ultimate standard of good, that's what we mean. We mean God. Think about the book we just read, right? He's incorruptible. He can't lie. He's a promise maker, promise keeper. He's the creator and sustainer of the universe, of all that is seen and unseen. He is the ultimate good. And he is man's highest good because he created us. Not only did he create us, but he made us different than anything else. And I would go as far as to say we are the crowning glory of God's creation. He made everything. The clouds that you see when you look up in the sky on a beautiful sunny day, down to the smallest blade of grass and the ant crawling inside that blade of grass. Animals, plants, ecosystems. I mean, you name it. He's the creator and sustainer of it all. And yet, we stand separate as human beings because the Bible says we were created in his image and likeness. Now, that image has been marred because of sin, yes, but there still remains inside of you and I, whether you want to admit it or not, a longing for ultimate good. We have a notion that something is wrong. And people spend their entire lives devoted to science, devoted to philosophy, devoted to whatever it is they think makes them tick, when all the while, what they're chasing, according to Bavik, is they're chasing the highest good that they can find. And what Bavik says is that highest good is God and God alone. So friend, if you're chasing the highest good and you don't believe in God, you're going to keep chasing like a dog chasing his tail, man. Around and around and around you go. And as I think about these things, I, <laughs> this is the first sentence of the first chapter of the one of the best systematic theological books there's ever been written, right? Reformed 
systematic theo- theological book. I can't even get past the first chapter, the first sentence. God and God alone is man's highest good. End of story. He's man's highest good. There's no amount of money. There's no amount of wealth. There's no amount of power. There's no amount of good deeds. There's no, there's no amount of whatever you want to call it, man. There is nothing that is man's highest good except for God and God alone. So as we move on, you got to keep that first sentence in your mind while you, while you dive into this chapter. Because if you are basing your life and what you're doing while you're here on anything other than trying to achieve man's highest good, and that good is God... What Bavik is suggesting here is that you're missing the mark. He calls God the creator and sustainer of all things, the source of all being. He calls him an abundant fountain of all good, of all goods. Excuse me. What just happened to my volume here? Ah. Microphone's being funny, guys. Sorry about that. Yeah, we're still we're still working with equipment that I'm not quite sure what I'm doing. <laughs> Jack Harris, I need you. Um, okay. Hopefully, you guys can still hear me. So, God is the Creator and Sustainer of all things, the source of all being, of all life, the abundant fountain of all goods. The one eternal omnipresent being. The one eternal omnipresent being. So if you're trying to put God in a box, good luck. If you think the only place that God is is in the church, the physical church on Sunday morning, you're mistaken. With all due respect, he's omnipresent. He's everywhere. He's in everything. He's everywhere and in everything. Now, now we are different, obviously. Man's a creature, Bavik says, who right from the beginning was created after God's image and likeness. Right from the beginning, we were created after God's image and likeness. So we were created to be in God's image and likeness. We have a divine origin, a divine kinship that can never be erased or destroyed. So even though sin is present and has been since the fall, there still remains in mankind some of the things that were given us at creation. That's pretty cool. So think about it. We have the ability to think. We have the ability to know 
we have the ability to use our brains. And here's a thought. The use of your brain actually is a spiritual activity, is what Bavik says. He says it's entirely a spiritual activity. This whole first chapter seems like an apologetic to me. Using our brain is a spiritual activity. Why is it a spiritual activity? Well, our brains didn't just pop into existence. <laughs> no, our brains were created so that we could use them. We're given a conscience, given the ability to think, given the ability to choose. He says what man is seeking for is not tangible reality, but it's actually spiritual truth, a truth which is one a truth which is eternal and a truth which is imperishable. The only time, Bavik says, that we can find rest is if we find an absolute divine truth. Now, I know a lot of people may disagree with that, but I'm telling you what, that's pretty profound. And <laughs> I can speak to it myself. I'm sure you can too, maybe. Once I knew the truth... Not to be cheesy, but the truth set me free. I, I, I mean, I became a, a completely different person. And so we, we are seeking after something that's not tangibly a reality. What we're seeking is spiritual truth, absolute divine truth. It's interesting. It's very, very interesting. <clears throat> so he moves on to talk about what, what God has done um, in our hearts. And in Ecclesiastes 3.11, he says that God has set the world of, I'm sorry, God has set the world in the heart of man. That's what Ecclesiastes 3.11 says. So Bavik suggests that man should seek out and come to know the eternal thoughts of God in a temporal course of nature and history. So essentially, God has put the world in our hearts, and he's, and he's using the world so that we would seek him out and figure out who he is and how much he loves us and what he wants us to do. You know, you think about the, the, the big four questions of, of life. Where do we come from? Why are we here? What are we supposed to do while we're here? And what happens after we're gone? You find me another worldview other than Christianity that addresses all four of those questions. I'll, I want to have you on the podcast because I want to talk about it. I think it would be a really interesting conversation. But Christianity addresses all four of those major questions in life. It addresses where we came from. It addresses why we're here. It addresses what we're supposed to do while we're here. And it tells us exactly what's going to happen when we die. You know, you talk to people all the time and you go, give me your thoughts on what the afterlife. And they're like, I don't know. And neither do you. And I'm like, hang on a second. Actually, I do know. Because God wrote it down. He told me exactly what's going to happen after I die. Now, a lot of people step away from me and think I'm crazy. That's okay. 
It's God's word, not mine. And what do we just find out that God was? That he was the creator and sustainer of all things, the source of all being, of all life, the abundant fountain of all goods, the one eternal omnipresent being. That's who I'm putting my faith in. So he tells me what's going to happen when I die. I'm listening. And you know what he says? Pastor Greg Laurie sums this up really well. He says, when we die, we face the judgment. And that's what the Bible teaches, right? For Christians, you only will die once. But you'll be born twice. Right? You'll have your physical birth. You'll have your spiritual birth or rebirth when you're born again. And then you will die, but that's it. You only die once because the Bible teaches that we will be with Christ forever and we will get resurrected bodies and we'll be in a place with no sin. How about that? However, if you die apart from Christ, then you actually will die twice. So if you're only born once, you will die twice. You will die a physical death, and then go read Revelation chapter 21. You will be judged and sent into hell for eternity. I don't want that for anybody. I don't say, I say that, I say that very respectfully. If there's one thing I want to do in this podcast is I want to help people understand that they may be headed for hell and not even know it. And that scares me to death, especially for some of my family members, people I love, people who are close to me, people I interact with on a daily basis. I can't help but get out of my head how many of these people are destined for an eternity separated from God, a.k.a. hell, and don't even know it. And how, Lord, can I find a way to help them see it? Use me. And maybe this podcast is a way to do that. But if you are only born once, you will die twice. So says the Bible. If you are born twice, i.e. you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you only die once. You guys know Phil Robertson, right? He makes, it, he makes systematic theology seem very easy for me. <laughs> he says there's only one way off planet Earth alive, and that is by the blood of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So, getting back to this first chapter of, of Babnik's book, God has set the world in the heart of man. You and I both know that's true. You know, we're adults. What are we after? We want to make a living. We want to go on vacation. We want to get retire. We want to have it easy. We want the world, right? He set the world in our hearts. But the reason that he did it was so that we would find him, not so that we would be self-serving. And that's where sin really enters the equation and, and kind of messes things up. Um, well, really messes things up, I should say. Excuse me. Man should seek out and come to know the eternal thoughts of God. The eternal thoughts of God, what are those? Well, it can't all be known, obviously, but what has been revealed can be known, and what's been revealed is in the Bible. The eternal thoughts of God are in the Word. That's why you ought to read your Bible every day. That's why if you call yourself a Christian, you should be feeding on the Word of God every single day, even if it's for five minutes. Read a little bit of scripture. 
Let the truth sink in. It's a habit that I didn't used to practice, and I walk around and tell people all the time, yeah, I'm a believer. But how hypocritical is that? I don't even read my Bible. That'd be like saying, yeah, I'm, a, I'm hungry, and then not eat, ever, or for two weeks. Can you imagine not eating for two weeks? I'd be pretty cranky. I don't know about you. So read your Bible every day. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. Okay. We used to, uh, my little, <laughs> our little girl, Kennedy, she's four. We have her pretty conditioned now to say, at breakfast time, she says, no Bible, no breakfast. I love it when she says that. It's awesome. So getting back to God having set the world in the heart of man, right? There's an, Bavik says there's an indisputable fact. This is an indisputable fact. So whether you are a believer or not does not matter. This is an objective truth that he's about to feed you right here. Get ready. Buckle up. Everything which belongs to the temporal order cannot satisfy man. This is all what Bavnik says. Man is a sensuous, earthly, limited, and mortal being, yet he is attracted to the eternal, and he's destined for the eternal. It is of no profit to a man that he should gain a wife and children, houses and fields, treasures and property, or indeed the whole world, if in the gaining his soul should suffer loss. It comes out of Matthew 16, 26, Jesus' words. He goes on to say, For the world, the whole world, cannot balance the scale against the worth of a man. And listen to this. This is interesting. There is no one so rich that he can by any means redeem the soul of his brother, nor give to God a ransom for him. The redemption of the soul is too precious for any creature to, to achieve. And that comes out of Psalm 49. So what does that all mean? Well, basically he expounds on the fact that in Ecclesiastes God says that God has set the world in the heart of man. Then Jesus reiterates this in saying it doesn't profit anyone for him to gain the whole world but lose his soul. And what Bavnik's trying to get across here, I think, is that we are, it's indisputable that we are after everything. We want everything from a temporal order because we think it can satisfy us, but it can't. It cannot satisfy us. Even though we're sensuous, earthly beings, we are limited, we are mortal. And even though we are seeking all these things in a temporal way, we're actually at the same time attracted to an eternal state. And Batman says we're destined for that eternal state. Whether you want to believe it or not, you're, go you're going to enter eternity. Whether you want to believe it or not. So I think that's a, that's a good place to stop today. Um, just the first part of the wonderful works of God by um, Herman Bavnik. Uh, a, a profound piece of literature here, man. This, this is some good stuff. Um, go get the book. Read it along with us. I think for the next, however long it takes me to read this book, I mean, I'm thinking probably a month or so, 
um, we're going to keep diving in and echoing what Bavnik teaches so that we can learn it um, a little bit better so that we can know where all this um, uh, systematic theology comes from in scripture, uh, find out a little bit more about who God is, find out a little bit more about who we are, and find out a little bit more about what exactly the gospel is. And if you don't know what the gospel is, I'll try to sum it up for you um, pretty simply. The gospel follows a four-letter pattern that's easy to remember. G-M-C-R. That's God, man, Christ, response. God created us. That's the G. M is for man. We sinned, right? You guys all know Adam and Eve, the story of Adam and Eve. If you don't know it, go read the first chapter, first three chapters of Genesis. Um, so God, man, man sinned. God created us, man sinned. Christ, God sent Jesus to redeem us. Jesus lived the life that we should have lived, but we couldn't. He died the death that we deserve to pay the penalty for the things that we have done wrong and bring us back to God. That is wonderful news. So that's the C, and the R is the response. So how do you respond to that good news? Do you believe that you're a sinner in need of a Savior? So it's my prayer today that if, if the Holy Spirit has spoke to you at all and convicted you of your sin and you know your need for Jesus, that you would call out to him in repentance and that you would trust him for salvation. And on that note, friend, if you have any questions or have any, uh, anything you want to comment on the podcast, please leave it on the podcast reviews. would love to hear from you guys. Remember, search Jesus and Java on iTunes. Spread the word and feed on it daily. Talk to you guys later.